Welcome to episode 16 of Dirt Track Weekly. I'm your host, Kyle Simons. Last week, we took a look at the news that Logan Wagner would be piloting the Kreitz Racing 69K machine at Port Royal events, Jacob Allen's explanation as to why he left the seat for a short period of time, and we looked at the first results between Justin Sanders and Anthony Macri. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, you can go back on our archives and give it a listen whenever you choose. On Sunday evening, word came out that the Bloomsburg Fairgrounds Raceway would have to shut down until they could reach the noise decibel level of 65 decibels that the town has placed on them. Bloomsburg was built just a couple of years ago, and the first year I worked some shows there in an official's capacity. The track has some potential, as it did get race here as time went on, but this year the schedule just didn't contain anything worth traveling to watch. And with the 65 decibel level, I have a hard time believing that the track will be able to run again. It's a shame as a lot of money was put into the place to make the track a reality. It's always a shame when people in the town have racing shut down. As long as they can get shows done at a reasonable hour, I don't understand the thinking behind shutting the racing down. It's good for the town in general, and it's good for the economy. Here's to hoping that Bloomsburg will be able to come back, but after that ruling, I have a hard time believing that it will. On Monday night, Eric Rudolph won the King of the North event at Autodrome Drummond for the Super Dirt Car Series over Chris Rabe, David Hebert, Steve Bernier, and Matt Williamson. Here recently, I've been noticing more and more posts about the racetrack revival that XR is doing with Pensboro. I know what you're thinking. That place is too far gone, and how are they going to bring it back? But remember, XR is the organization that started the revival of North Wilkesboro, and they just hosted the NASCAR All-Star event this past season. There's a ton of work that needs to be done at Pensboro, and while the racing was awful in the daytime there, there's something about that place that hits people in the fields with nostalgia. I know I will be paying attention as they move forward, and we'll be interested to see exactly what they get done with the place. And later on this episode, we'll talk about the press release that came out and some of that information. On Tuesday, it was announced that Kyle Busch would continue to dip his toes in dirt late model racing a little more when he pilots a Brandon Thurlby entry at Merritt this weekend in the Woodtick race. It's great to see some NASCAR guys embracing dirt track racing of any kind. Ross Chastain has run some recently included in a, in a big block modified, and Kyle Larson is obviously killing it on the dirt track end in both sprint cars and late models. It's nothing but great publicity for dirt track racing in general. The only thing I don't like is when they get free provisionals into features they don't qualify for. Mike Guler took the win Tuesday night in the Short Track Super Series non-points event at Action Track USA over Corey Cormier, Matt Stangle, Bobby Hackle, and Ryan Krejcian. There was a lot of doubting when it was announced that Big Block Modifieds would be racing at Action Track USA due to the track's small size, but I thought the racing was great, and the cars raced very well in the tight confines of the track. Justin Peck won a very good high-limit sprint car series race at Kokomo over Kyle Larson, Rico Abreu, Corey Day, and Cole Macedo. Mike Mahaney won night two of the King of the North for the Super Dirt Car Series at Autodrome Drummond over David Hebert, Eric Rudolph, Steve Bernard, and Matt Williamson. Bobby Pierce took the win in the Hawkeye 50 at Boone for the World of Outlaw Late Model Series. Ricky Thornton Jr., Tanner English, Chris Madden, and Dennis Herb Jr. completed the top five. At the end of last week's episode, we talked about Tim Schaefer parting ways with Grove Racing, and I mentioned that I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up back in the 49 car that Cale Thomas recently left. Wednesday evening, that news came out, and I was right. Schaefer will pilot the 49 again. Schaefer had good success in that car in the past, and I would look for them to have more success going forward. On Wednesday night, Tim Fuller took the win in the 100-lap Super Dirt Car Series race at Brockville, Ontario, over Matt Shepard, Matt Williamson, Peter Britton, and Jimmy Phelps. On Thursday night, Georgetown had a special show for Modifieds and Late Models. Rick Eckert won the Late Model race over Ross Robinson, Kyle Hardy, Colby Fry, and Trevor Collins. 
Billy Pouch Jr. won the modified feature over Ryan Crachin, Carson Wright, H.J. Bunting, and Joseph Watson. Bobby Pierce won the opening night of the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake for the World of Outlaw Late Models over Brandon Shepard, Ricky Thornton Jr., Brian Shirley, and Hudson O'Neill. To round out Thursday night, Aaron Reitzel won the first qualifying night of the 360 Nationals at Knoxville. Sam Haferteep Jr., Scott Boguski, Chase Randall, and Colby, Co Colby Copeland completed the top five. Boguski would be disqualified later. On Friday evening, a press release from XR came out about the reopening of Pennsboro with more details. We now know that Pennsboro will open as a quarter-mile track as opposed to the old big half-mile close to five-eighths from the track's glory days. I've seen some positive and negative comments about this, but I personally think it's a good idea. Restoring the old track will lead to failure. Look at West Virginia Motor Speedway right now. The track is failing after reopening in the old 5 8 mile configuration. Drivers just won't race at it because it's too big. With them being only a half hour from Pennsboro, that tells you enough to know that reopening the old track would lead to a couple of probably well-attended nostalgia-type events, but not any long-term sustainability. Keeping the hillside will be a nice touch, but the fact of the matter is if they want the track to succeed, they need a smaller facility, not only for the parking infrastructure on a limited amount of land, but also to try and draw nice car counts. The biggest event will be a three-day XR Super Series event in late October, late October known as the Mason-Dixon 100. Friday evening, word came out that Kyle Reinhardt would take over for Tim Schaefer in the Grove Racing Car, finishing out the All-Star Circuit of Champion season. Good move for Reinhardt as having a car owner is always easier than running your own equipment. On Friday night, it was night two of the U 360 Nationals at Knoxville. Parker Price Miller won the qualifying night over Brian Brown, Zeb Wise, Terry McCarl, and Garrett Williamson. Night two of the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake went to Chris Madden over Hudson O'Neill, Tanner English, Ricky Thornton Jr., and Brian Shirley. Spencer Baston was declared the winner of the World of Outlaws Friday night event at I-55, after 21 of the 30 laps completed, when a Corey Day wreck tore enough of the fence down to cause extensive enough damage to call off the rest of the race. Geo Selzy, Brad Sweet, James McFadden, and Cole Macedo completed the top five. The track was very rough due to the amount of rain they received throughout the week. I saw a ton of complaining on social media, but that's just the norm nowadays. If everything isn't perfect, people just whine and moan and bitch and complain because they, can't, they claim to know better. I-55 raced Friday night. They didn't have to due to the amount of rain they received. Some people can be happy with the effort, and some people will complain to no end, no matter what you do. Freddie Raymer took his 10th win of the season at Lincoln over Ryan Newton, Troy Wagaman, Corey Haas, and Chad Trout. Cody Lehman picked up his first career 410 sprint win at Port Royal over Logan Wagner, who started 17th and made his first start for Christ Racing. TJ Stutz, Blaine Hombach, and Devin Borden. Brian Brown won the 360 Nationals in Knoxville with a pass on the restart with two laps remaining over Aaron Reitzel, Rico Abreu, Parker Price Miller, and Ryan Timms. It would be a, only a two-tenths of a second difference between Brown and Reitzel at the finish line. On Saturday night, Kyle Larson won the Ironman 55 at I-55 with the World of Outlaws. Logan Schuhart, Brad Sweet, Corey Day, and Carson Macedo completed the top five. I-55 did a great job getting the track a lot better than it was on Friday after all the rain they had this week. Kudos to them for making that happen. Mike Marler picked up a $20,000 victory with the Hunt the Front series at Duck River over Dale McDowell, Jaden Frame, Joseph Joyner, and Trey Mills. Bobby Pierce picked up $50,000 in the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake in a tight finish over Hudson O'Neill, Tanner English, Dennis Herb Jr., and Brandon Shepard. On Sunday, word came out that Zeth Sabo is taking the seat of the Ceiling Motorsports 97 car to finish out the All-Star Circuit of Champions Tour. I didn't see where J.J. Hickel had left. I know he was driving the 50YR car at Kokomo for high limit, so I'm guessing that's a full-time thing for him now. 
it's hard to keep up with a lot of the changes that have been going on in sprint cars recently ride-wise. And it continued on Sunday night, sprint car carousel, that is, with Garrett Williamson parting ways with his team just days before the Knoxville Nationals. We'll see where he ends up. If I've learned anything the past several weeks with all the ride changes, it's that they usually have something else lined up when the announcement is made. This week, all eyes in dirt track racing will be on Knoxville as the Knoxville Nationals take place. Over 100 410 sprint car entries are signed up thus far for the biggest event in all of sprint car racing. And this year, I feel like it's more wide open than in recent years. I'll give you this in tiers. Tier one, we have Rico Abreu, who right now might be the fastest car in the country. Former champion Kyle Larson, Eldoria Million winner Logan Schuhart, and former champion David Gravel. It's crazy to me that only four former champions are entered for the Nationals right now in Larson, Gravel, Brad Sweet, and Donnie Schatz. In tier two, we start with Brad Sweet. I know what you're thinking. How do you have the winner of the past of the last several World of Outlaws championships in your tier two? But Sweet hasn't been dominant this year. And I just see the quartet of Abreu, Larson, Schuhart, and Gravel as having a better chance of winning the big one at Knoxville. Next up in tier two is Brian Brown. Brown has been fast all year at Knoxville and fast for a very long time at that track. To me, it's only a matter of time before Brown is in victory lane at the Nationals. Maybe this is that year. Next in tier two is Carson Macedo. Macedo has had an incredible season so far and is third in World of Outlaw points. Look for him to have a chance to win the Nationals this week. Those seven drivers, I believe, have the best chance to win. But let's look at some dark horse picks. Fresh off a high limit win, I'll go with Justin Peck. Peck has had speed all year, but only two wins. But I could see him putting it together through a great four days at Knoxville. And another dark horse pick is Shots. Shots has a ton of Nationals wins, but he hasn't been very fast all the year, despite his King's Royal victory on Hammerdown surface. That does it for this week's episode. If you like what you hear, follow us on whatever app you use to listen to your podcast and follow our Twitter page at Live Dirt Updates. Give us a rating and a review, and we would greatly appreciate it. See you next week, right here on Dirt Track Weekly.